I hope that it's one of your favorites. Here he is singing Blues in the Night. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Stafford. Joe Stafford. And he does, and it's caught! Touchdown! Chris Matthews! How crazy! With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Joe Stafford, quarterback, Georgia. Frenzy here at Stafford and Matthews, episode 24, 25, something like that. We got a lot on the log right now. Anyways, missed last week. Sorry about that. But a jam-packed episode for you know our audience right now. As always, Joe Stafford, Chris Matthews, and Kev. There's a reason why I sound kind of you know shaky right now. I've been feeling super sick. I really hope I don't have COVID because that would be a major bummer going to the next weekend. I had a ripper, though. It was a lot of fun. But I didn't really see too much this weekend. Had a lot of uh, interesting experiences this weekend. But I'm ready to talk football. I am ready to talk football. And what better way to start than with my New England Patriots, who went absolutely bananas today on the transaction log. Bananas. Signing, I think, six or seven guys. And resigning two of those guys on the the roster as well. Most notable, Chris's guy from his time in Baltimore, Matthew Judon. Four-year. 56 mil. That is a lot of cash, to say the very least. A lot, a lot of cash. Another interesting signing, Kendrick Bohr from also Chris's favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers, who signs a three-year deal, I believe, at $22 million. They weren't done there. Nelson Aguilar. No hands Aguilar. Athlete playing receiver Nelson Aguilar. Uh, was I think it was a two-year contract, Kev, I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyway. Uh... Two years, yep, 26 yeah, mil. Two years, 26 mil. Not sure if I love that. We'll, we'll go down the list first. I'll kind of break down whether or not I like these moves or not. But anyway, keep going on here. We lost Joe <laughs> Philly to Kansas City. That sucks for pretty much the league in general. But I also think for the Patriots, yeah, we traded for Trent Brown. We don't even need him that much anymore, but he'll be solely missed. Not even just in terms of his playing ability, but leadership in the locker room. No better guy to have in, uh, you know, in your corner than Joe Thune. So we'll miss him. Good luck in Kansas City. I don't think we really need any luck. Protecting the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, what can go wrong at that point? Uh, actually, check the last Super Bowl. That can go wrong anyway. But regardless, <laughs> it's okay. Next signing. Uh, Johnny Smith was the first signing I actually saw today. Period. Point blank period. I think it was four-year. $50 million, 31 guaranteed, which I love the move. Keep going down the list here. I believe that's, we, Biden, that's the best signing of, uh, in my books for. I think so too. And considering obviously the Gronk factor, they know how to use tight ends, Hernandez factor. They've been known to incorporate great tight end sets. Last year, they had literally no one. Ryan Izzo was our starter for like half the season. Devin Asiasi, whatever the hell his name is, the rookie, didn't pan out. Dalton King was injured the, almost the entire season with a neck injury. It was a messy position group, almost as worse as receiver, but not quite as bad. Uh, and now you're bringing John Smith that pretty much solves all your problems. Cam Newton's favorite target in Carolina was Greg Olson, and now it's going to be John Smith in New England, assuming he starts. Not John Smith, Cam Newton. 
assuming he starts. We don't really know the grand plan yet. It's early in free agency night in the draft yet or whatever. So we're not really sure about that yet, but it's probably a safe bet to say Campbell would take some snaps starting this year at the very least. Did I miss anybody for the Patriots? I mean, I mean if, if you're talking about a guy like Cam Newton who gets re-signed for not the veteran minimum, but $14 million, he better be starting. <laughs> he better be starting for me. Like, seriously, we signed you the first year and we only gave you a million. I was it 1.2, 1.3 or something like that. Uh, just to see what you do. You have a terrible year, but you have coaches who loves his work ethic, how he approaches the game, uh, all of the above. And you turn around and you give him uh, not only a healthy contract, but you're giving him a healthy, uh, a healthy offseason uh, time to spend, you know, spend, uh, spend time with around his players and his teammates and, and all of this and bringing people along like John New Smith, man, I, he better be starting for me. I, I, I kid you not. If the Patriots do not start him, you guys are going to have a problem because it's not going to look good. Yeah, I mean, Stidham, you guys, I mean, I know you guys are like raving high about Stidham and he's not even a factor anymore. So I don't know who else are you going to go out there and get? There's not, there's not really anybody they can get uh, uh, that's going to be um, able to compete with Cam Newton at their draft status. Chris, Taysom Hill got $140 million this year. Anything's possible. Literally <laughs> anything's possible. If Taysom Hill gets $140 million at any point. I know it's voidable. I know there's a lot of different ways to get out of it and everything. And it's actually a move to save them money. You mm -hmm. still have a pen to paper and sign Taysom Hill for $140 million. So don't tell me that this is not possible because it very is. Because if Taysom Hill's getting that kind of money for being a below average tight end and an average quarterback, yeah. It's well, that's two. That's two and one, though. That's two. Actually, it's three and one. He could be a tight end. He could be a quarterback and a running back. That's three and one right there. I, I, I say that he's doing pretty good for himself. Jack of all trades, master of none, gets one hundred forty million. Blows <laughs> my mind. I, yeah, yeah, I know you'll do it. I need some. <laughs> I need some money now. I need some. I need to get some cash. But anyway, last one I forgot to say for the Patriots: Jalen Mills, uh, former Eagles secondary member, corner and safety, actually safety last year. Four-year, $24 million. That was a good move. It's going to replace Terrence Brooks as that hybrid safety linebacker corner, whatever the fuck you want to call it, type of role in New England. Good deal. Not bad money at all. And he actually played pretty well last season. So I like that as well. All right. Those are all the signings for our Patriots. Six of them. And we also re-signed re Dietrich Wise. Had another couple, uh, you know, flirtatious invites with Curtis Samuel as well. He hasn't signed yet officially. There's actually a false report about five minutes ago that he actually signed with the Jaguars. That is not confirmed as of 8:31 on two on Monday afternoon uh, or night or whatever. So keep that in mind if that if that actually comes to be true afterwards. Sorry, but we're recording before that even happens, so don't give uh, blame us for that. Before we move on to anyone else, I want to talk about kind of so these moves and whether I approve of them or not. Matthew Judon starting off today, probably the highlight of the day besides Johnny Smith, four year, fifty six million. That makes him the highest paid defensive player in franchise history. Deserves it. We've had Ty Law. Willie McGinnis, Darrell Revis, Dante Hightower, Devin McCourty, Rodney Harrison, the list goes on and on. Vince Wolf, let's go on and on and on. And Matthew Judon made 36 million. I'm not saying he's not a good player. Two-time Pro Bowler in consecutive years, back to back. He's a good player. Great pressure guy, comparable to Clowney when it maybe when it comes to like not having the great sack numbers, but having a crazy amount of pressures. Yeah, 
I get it. He affects the game at a great level and makes quarterbacks hurried and scared. I like that part of it. I don't like the fact he's never had a 10-sack season and he gave $56 million. That's where I kind of have an issue with it. I think he's a good value player. I think he's a good pass rusher. I think the money's a little bit too much. I think Belichick kind of is going out of character here because Belichick, the past three, four seasons, has made it clear if you can't play an all-around role on the edge, you will not be starting. Chase Winovich has shown us all the, uh, all, all the playmaking ability in the world off the edge as a pass rusher. He was in the doghouse almost the entire year last year, not only for his comments regarding the Patriots on radio and all that kind of stuff, but he can't hold the edge running, and he allows quarterbacks to get outside the pocket by over-pursuing off the edge. Mm-hmm. that's where you might run into a situation with Matthew Judon, who also has had some issues, you know, with coaching in the past as well, not overt anything crazy. Like he's had, he's been, he's behaved himself very, very well, but there has been situations where there's been some talks about him not being a team player. ETC. I just wonder how that's going to, you know, blend with a Belichickian type philosophy. And I, and I do wonder what that's going to work out for them in the long term. Like I said, I like the move. I just don't love the money in the fits a little bit questionable in my mind right now. Mm-hmm. That's for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hear it. I don't I don't know where you I don't know uh, what people are talking about of him not being a good team player, a locker room guy. He's not coachable. I've never when he was out there with Dean Pease, he was soaking up uh, soaking up as much information as he can. Him with Terrell and everybody else that was out there uh, in the front lines uh, with him, and he excelled. I mean, if you think about it, he came from the Ravens. And that's not that's no joke to come out as one of the top guys from the Ravens when we all know that the Ravens are notoriously known for great defensive players. And now, you you know, they let one slip through their fingers. And, you know, luckily he, he landed in you guys' lap. I think that I think that uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, I think that I think that they did a great job with signing him, um, giving him a chance. Overall, I just think that he is a, a, a all-around uh, backer, I mean, uh, edge rusher and uh, linebacker, to be honest with you. Um, the defense, like I said, the defense that he was running with, Dean Pease, it had him in uh, 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 various places out there. So not every time that he was able to just, you know, pin his ears back and go uh, go after the quarterback or anything like that. There's a lot of times he was, you know, out there in, uh, in coverage. But you got to think that, you know, last year, a couple of key defenders uh, sat down, uh, you know, counted out, I mean, uh, opted out of playing that year. And we don't know if they've been working out or or are they going to have the same step as, you know, as they did once they, uh, I mean, before they left. And all of those are, uh, are, are you know, valid questions that uh, the Patriots should have about a couple of their defensive players and, you know, just want to sure up some uh, some things on their end. No, that's a fair enough point, but to, to be, make myself clear before we get into murky waters here, not just in Judon, what I was referring to was the fight he got ejected from in last yeah. season's game where he got, he got hit a ref and everything, and he had a whole thing with the coaching staff afterwards on the sideline. That's what I'm referring to. Hey, don't put, you know, sheep, don't, don't, don't put sheep in front of lions. That's all I'm going to say. Don't. No, fair enough. And, and obviously, I don't And obviously, your friends will be a first hand knowledge of the situation, everything as well. I don't, I'm just going off of what other people have said in the media about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, no. That's just where I'm coming from in general. Absolutely. No respect at all. No, uh, no, no. Yeah. Johnny Smith deal. Love it. Bar none. Love it. There's no downside to this. You paid him decent money. Yeah, a little bit on the high side, but you traditionally have paid tight ends pretty, you know, 
wealthily, uh, you know, historically, Gronk and Hernandez are the last two examples. I mean, you paid them big, big money. Uh, and it worked out pretty well for the last two. I mean, obviously, when Hernandez was still on the team. Regardless, Johnny Smith, great fit, athletic, speedy, agile, can still block a little bit. I think it's a home run hit. Like I said earlier, Greg Olson was Kenwin's favorite target in Carolina. You bring Johnny Smith in, makes the transition a hell of a lot easier when it talks about, you know, bringing different pieces, you know, to, you bring in Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. It's going to be a difficult transition to see how he gels with those type of weapons. But you know for a fact him, Johnny Smith will be fine, will be airtight and when, in terms of chemistry when it comes to the season starting. So that's what I'm very confident in going into the next year. Yeah, and I hear you. I feel the same way. I hope, hopefully it works out with him. For sure. Nelson Aguilar, great. It was a good value pick, okay? Tier 26, not really giving a ton of money up, and there's not a lot of money guaranteed in that. So, that you know, low risk, high reward, I like that. The player himself, not a huge fan. I'm really not a huge fan. And Philadelphia is the reason why he got cut or traded or whatever the hell you got off the roster for, because he really can't catch. He doesn't have natural hands. He never has had natural hands. At USC, he was an athlete playing receiver, and that's continued into the NFL. He's not a true receiver. He's an athlete playing the position of wide receiver. And that's been clear as day to me since he stopped his foot in the league. Yes, he's fast, stretched the field. I like that aspect of it. And maybe that's kind of signaling Demir Burt on his way out of New England as well. I love to keep Bird, but with Aguilar signing, kind of makes sense for him to let, be let go a little bit. When it comes to terms of his ability to, you know, gel with Bill Belichick's system, couple issues. One, John Gruden was his head coach last year, and he had the audacity to call all of his coaching and players out in the locker room. Said, and I quote, "You all suck." Left the locker room, never came back, and it's the reason why I didn't resign this offseason. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. That won't be tolerated in Bill Belichick. And I'm surprised when a John Gruden had locker room, he doesn't really fuck around. He, he has his stuff straight, ready to go. He's always comes correct. So I'm shocked happening in John Gruden's locker room. Mm-hmm. Will it happen in Bill Belichick's locker room? I know for a fact he'll be cut the next day. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he'll be able to test his ability or maybe test Belichick's ability to you know, handle these kind of bigger-than-life personalities. They don't really have the, the, the ability to back it up either. I don't know why Aguilar's talking shit. He hasn't been that good. He had, he's had one decent year, and it was last year. And then after he did that, he made a big scene and, and got tossed out of the locker room. So, I mean, there's a lot of different aspects to, to dissect with Aguilar, not only on the playing field ability, but off the field, in the locker room, as a leader with a lot of young talent at the receiver position. So I, I'm kind of hesitant with that. I like the value. I don't love the player. Yeah, I hear you on that. That makes sense to me. I'm, I'm, I'm actually on board with you on everything that you said. Um, I can't speak, you know, I can't speak on, you know, what, you know, how his attitude is um, towards teammates or players is besides what has came out that we already know. But I mean, this is this is Belichick's mo. He he takes he takes guys that nobody necessarily really wants, and he brings them over there, shows him his way, and obviously his way has been um his way has is a is a proving winning method. So people are just gonna naturally come on board, thinking in their head just like I, I, I like I think about uh, Bill Belichick that this is a tough, hard nose organization and coaching staff and if you mess up you're out of here uh i'm pretty sure that that's what a lot of other people um think about when they're headed towards or potentially going to uh to uh to new england but you know as cam is you know reiterated before and in the time and time again that you know there's this huge misconception that uh belichick is just this bad person or he's like by the book but 
he seems like he's a great guy and everybody that he's brought on has pretty much worked out and they've had a, or, or, or had a great relationship. So I don't really, I don't really care too much about, uh, you know, if he thinks people are weak or, or, or whatnot. I mean, that's kind of a, a bold statement. Yeah. Like you said, um, he hasn't, you know, sh- you know, shown anybody the reason, I mean, uh, shown anybody, uh, the level of confidence that he has in himself on the field by catching the ball or anything like that. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I've watched this guy make a lot of great catches and, um, and a lot of, and, and a lot of average catches and making them uh, great. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I, 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 got, I understand what you're trying to say. And there's a lot of upside value with him, that, mm-hmm. that's, but I just do think it's upside value in terms of potential. We haven't seen him excel in an NFL uniform yet. He had, what, 800 yards and six touchdowns last year? Like, yeah, not a bad stat line, but he hasn't, he hasn't come to 1,000 yards once. He hasn't come close. Last year was the first time he even sniffed it. Mm-hmm. And that was with a really great system and a really great, uh, you know, single year for the kid with a pretty talented core around him. So, I mean, like, we'll have to wait and see for Nelson Aguilar, but I'm not really sold on him yet. To me, it just sounds like they're probably just going to end up bringing somebody else in as well or maybe draft somebody. I wanted Curtis Samuel really badly or Corey Davis. Sam was yeah. in the market still. I'm not really sure if he's going to sign anywhere uh, today before we end the recording or anything. And then Corey Davis went to the Jets. Talk about that later. Sucks. Trevor's happy. I'm pissed. I'm not very happy with that. Yeah, Corey Davis would have been a great pickup for you. Would have been a great pickup. Uh, other guys that the Patriots signed to get into a little bit. Kendrick Bourne. I, I'll be the first one to say this. I have no clue who this guy is. Haven't studied this film. I've never seen his highlights. I don't know how he plays. Looks like a slot guy to me. He looks kind of skinny. Doesn't look like he's a speech or anything. I don't really know who he is, so I really can't comment on him. I'm excited that we brought a receiver in. I'll tell you yeah. that. And his stat line wasn't terrible. I looked at his stat line uh, a couple hours ago. Wasn't bad at all. I'm intrigued by it. I don't really know how to comment on him, though, because I've never seen him play. Yeah, either. I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't know. Uh, hopefully he works out, though, so we'll see. <clears throat> but in my case, I hope he does it. I hope they don't. I hope you guys just get this great – sign signings and everything looks good on paper and you guys actually have a great off season and get to the first game and get waxed and then we'll see what's going on that's what i want to see you're such a hater for no reason <laughs> you're such a hater it's ridiculous anyway uh other moves in the offseason we want to talk about first day of the offseason legal tampering day one Patriots are obviously think winners of the day, signed like seven or eight guys, ridiculous, and tossed around more money than I've ever seen in my lifetime. They spent a little under $400 million the last decade in offseason acquisitions. They spent over $100 million today. That's insanity. They want to load up more, load up quickly, and I like the aggressiveness for once. It's just it's so nice to actually have news pop up on my phone where it's free agency. It's actually the Patriots doing something. We never see this, ever. It's so nice to see. It's so nice to see. Anyway, other moves we're seeing right now. Literally came in five minutes ago. Bud Dupree yeah. has signed with the Tennessee Titans. Great move, and I'm presuming the Jadavian Clowney replacement. Great off-the-edge rusher. Had another breakout year last year. Was drafted in the first round, I'm not mistaken, uh, in 2015, something like that. Has had a solid career, nothing crazy, but last year, contract year, balled out like most people do. I'm intrigued to see if Mike Vrabel keeps it going in Tennessee. Um, but yeah, I think it's a solid move replaces clown. I think you, you don't have to deal with that locker room terror anymore. I think Bud's a solid guy to bring in. Never really had any issues off the field. I think he's a solid guy to bring in. I think he'll be good for this Tennessee Titans team. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Bud Dupree is a great, is a great athlete. Um, also uh, a, a great Wildcat alumni. Uh, he's, he, he's been a great player since he's stepped on the field, man. I, I, I'm glad he, uh, you know, got to a place where they can uh, utilize him in, in the way he wants to be used and have some uh, security right behind him. No, for sure. hundred percent. Other moves here. Like I said earlier, Corey Davis going to the New York football jets three Whoa, years. Five. Yeah, I know three years, $37.5 million, 27 million of that is guaranteed. No matter what the Jets need talent bottom line, no matter who they draft in the draft, whether it be a quarterback, a tackle, whatever you need to surround whoever the next guy is with receiving talent. Corey Davis is just that a talent. Kind of got overshadowed a little bit in Tennessee with the emergence of A.J. Brown, but he is a red zone monster. 50-50 ball guy, can go up and snatch thing away from any kind of cornerback you have on your team. Deceptively fast, smart guy, solid route runner, good blocker too. All around great sign for the Jets, and I'm intrigued to see how they use him, utilize him in this new offense. Yeah, man, I'm 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 actually super excited to see uh, to see what he does. You know, I'm not going. I'm gonna say I'm not going to spend too much on it. I just want to get just sit back and enjoy this time and and see how he uh, plays into this big market. You know, it's something that he's new to. Uh, you know, he's not necessary. You know, he's been he hasn't been around to uh, much of a big market area. So it's just it, it, it would be interesting to see if he uh, sticks with it. For sure. Uh, and I'm intrigued to see if he wants to get out of that contract earlier than expected because, yeah, it's good money, but it's the New York Jets. So I wouldn't really put anything past that kind of contract negotiation. Exactly. Next move we're going to talk about that kind of big. Carlos Hyde, not really huge. Two, two years, six million. Was one of my favorite players a long time ago. Solid running back, leaves uh, Houston to go to Jacksonville. Nice little piece for Trevor Lawrence to work with in the backfield along with James Robinson. Just kind of noteworthy to kind of point out there a little bit. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, next move. Philip Dorsett. Also going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Details are not released just yet. Solid piece again. Nice slot guy to pair with some of the guys down there like DJ Shark, Keelan Cole. I think it's probably a solid option. A nice speed guy to stretch the field for Trevor Lawrence when he gets finally down to Duval in April. So, yeah, another solid piece to move a little bit. He's going to have so many so many people to throw the ball to out there. LaVisca Chanel as well, the rookie from last year, balled out uh, towards the end of last year as well. He'll be yeah. a solid piece for him as well. I'm excited to see what Lawrence can do with this team down in Jacksonville. Another move, John Johnson III leaving the L.A. Rams and joining the Cleveland Browns. BC High stand-up, Boston College stand-up. Awesome to see a fellow Eagle step in to the limelight with a big bag of money. The Browns gave him three years. I believe the contract was – how much was the contract, Kev? 33.75. Okay. That's a lot of money for a safety. And I think it's a pretty good move too. You needed some veteran leadership in the defensive backfield for Cleveland. Denzel Ward's a great young piece to have at cornerback. I think he'll be a star in the NFL someday. Great man coverage guy can play his own a little bit too, but there's no leadership in the back end. You need someone like Johnson who's been on a winning football team. has been in the playoffs multiple times to help guide and facilitate the talent development of some of these younger guys, defensive backs specifically in Cleveland. I think it's a home run move. Great move for both for uh, the Cleveland Browns organization. I, I'm excited to see how he fits in this defense. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, I think it's going to work well for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, I, I personally, 
I mean, it's just certain teams that I, I I just feel like after a while, there's just certain teams that I just would stay away from, uh, especially if I'm trying to win a championship. I mean, a, a Super Bowl. There's places, there's other places, but you know, this definitely to me looks like a money grab. But I mean, hey, you're still playing the game that you love. You're making money that you you know that you're making, and you're not in a bad conference. <laughs> You're not in a bad conference. This is a challenging one to show your skills and, and see, you know, and see if you're really that, you know, worth every penny that they paid you. That's a good point. I mean, competition. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just be going down to Cleveland like, hey, where's LeBron? You know <laughs> no, I got gotcha, you. Know, I got gotcha. LA. <laughs> but to that point, iron sharpens iron. It's a competitive division. It'll be, it brings sure. the best out of all of them. That's a, that's a scrappy, notoriously scrappy division. They have rivalries among each of the four teams. And, yeah, obviously every division has rivalries between every four teams. You play them twice a year. But the AFC North is a little bit greater than all of those combined. There's a deep history with all the teams there. A lot of, you know, shit talking involved. Obviously, you play that division as well. And a lot of hatred, like legitimate hatred for each franchise. So I'm intrigued to see how that how Jonathan brings his L.A. energy kind of to the, the, this very competitive, very gritty Cleveland Browns team. All right, next move. Yannick Ngakwe. Chris, remember last week you tried to pronounce his name? That was the funniest thing on this podcast ever. <laughs> Donovan Gakwe signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. Two years, $26 million. Um, he's had a kind of an up-and-down career. Had a great year in Jacksonville when he went to the Asian Championship game. Um, had kind of a weird year in Minnesota. Wasn't really sold on him being the next, you know, Everson Griffin uh, for that team. Turns out he wasn't. Goes to the desert with Vegas. And I don't really know what to think about this move. I really don't. I mean, the Raiders have a solid team overall. Not really elite on both offense or defense or special teams. They're kind of a middle-of-the-pack team right now. I'm not sure what this move does for you. It makes you better. But does it give you over the hump? No, I don't think so. And I don't, I don't think the deal reflects that either. I mean, it's a pretty decent value for an edge rusher. Two-year, two $26 million. Not going to break your bank. Not going to break your salary cap or anything. Solid move. We'll get you eight to ten sacks next year. Solid move, but nothing crazy that's going to elevate their status for next year. Yeah, no, you're right. <clears throat> I just think that this is a piece that they needed to uh, to fill in to sure up a, a, a couple spots over there. You know, especially um, them having a couple injuries last year uh, on the defensive side. So you know, it's just something to sure things up. I mean, just for me, be honest with you. And I don't know, we're not talking about them right now. We're talking about the Raiders, but you're. I don't understand what the Ravens are doing right now. These are two key guys that you could definitely keep on your team. Like, I know that they're known for they, – they like to be known for their leadership and uh, having, you know, legitimate guys, Hall of Famers, uh, help navigate the waters for the younger guys. And, you know, these are two guys who have been there, done that, and they're just getting them out of there, flying them off. So, what are we? What are we really doing? Are we saving up money for uh, Lamar or what? Because, or are you going to bring in some more talent? Even though, uh, you know, we've had report, you know, there's been reports of them not actually really uh, interested in looking for another receiver for Lamar to throw to, which is crazy to me. But what are you saving the money for? That's my question. What are you saving the money for? That's a fair point. I mean, the Ravens have a little really early, but still, I I, I kind of want to see something to help the favor of the one time, the one side that needs the most help with all the uh, amazing talent around and it's the offense. 
Fair enough. Maybe they're gearing up for a trade. I mean, I've heard some rumors lately about Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe one being trade in our conference, maybe in our division. Goes to Baltimore and has a great comparison with, you know, Lamar Jackson. I'm intrigued by that option. But I think it's a good point. They haven't been active at all. They want a free agency. They've been timid. They have not been aggressive in any uh, way, shape, or form. It's a good point. On your salary cap note a little bit here, on, on your, your, your where's the money type note you just talked about here. Talk about one thing here. The LA Rams let John Johnson go, which I think it's a mistake. I, I like him a lot, but I looked at the salary cap. I'm like, oh, they don't have a lot of money to you know give out right now. They're they're significantly under the salary cap. It's not a good look to resign him for that much money. I thought, okay, that's fine. But then after the John Johnson news broke, I get this notification that the Rams are resigning Leonard Floyd to a four-year, sixty-four million dollar deal. How do you have the money for Leonard Floyd? but not for John Johnson III. That makes no sense to me at all. I mean, at least in my opinion, I think John Johnson has been a solid, solidified safety, borderline Pro Bowl safety for the last three years. And Floyd just had his first good season ever. He, he was drafted in Chicago pretty high, didn't work out, flamed out, went to LA, had a decent season. But you don't need pass rush so much as you need back-end defense. Ramsey, yeah, lock down corner, lock it up. But Johnson plays at two levels of the defense, linebacker and safety. You need a guy like that to solidify your back-end. And you sign Leonard Floyd for the money. I don't, I don't get that move at all. I don't, I, I'm right there with you. It, it's, it's blowing my mind, but it just shows me that um, this is just the beginning. It's showing me that there's going to be a lot of changes, which, like I said before, there's going to be a lot of – there's going to be a – probably a good one or two more uh, big splashes is going to go on and things are just going to keep on moving on throughout the NFL uh, as, as this time goes on. But that's what all this looks like to me. It's just a bunch of, let me, let's square away a couple, a couple smaller pieces and, and, and then really hop in for the big fish. No, it, it very which, well could be. Which, which when I say that we do, and I, when I say we, I'm talking about the 49ers, have $30 million of uh, free cap space. So if we just wanted to grab a quarterback, there's only one that we could, that's only logical for us. And I don't, you know, I don't know if you want me to say his name or not, but Watson Deshaun, is that his name? Could be, could potentially coming over. Chris. You have a quarterback. His name's Kyle Shanahan. You don't need to pay Deshaun Watson $100 million. It's not, I, I, hate, I hate that rumor. I've always hated that rumor. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense to me. It makes yeah. no sense to you because you don't want it to happen, but if it happens, you know it's a wrap. It's a wrap for teams. What, I'm not getting this again. We talked about this so many fucking times in this podcast. I'm not getting back into it. Jimmy I refuse back into it. Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, QBR rating for passes under 10 yards was like 79%. Past 25, past 10 yards, it drops down to like 50 something. We're talking about Deshaun Watson, the guy who who's excelled at throwing short, short intermediate passes and deep balls. We're trying to open it up, baby. I'm trying to give you, the, I'm trying to show y'all the vision you know what I'm saying? But you guys got those little things on. What are those called? The blinders put on, on the horses. That's what you guys got. Open your eyes, man. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson isn't good at football. I'm saying he's not a good fit. No, no, no. What you're saying is, is that he's not going to be good going to the 49ers, which is totally false. I'm saying that it wouldn't make sense for him to pay another quarterback $100 million. 
because they don't thrive off they run the goddamn football. They set up play action through running the ball. It, okay, and then, then you pick up a quarterback who can run. If you're trading for Deshaun Watson, you are throwing everything you have on him. Pass heavy yeah. offense. Shannon's yeah. not, but, that, but my point is, Chris, Shannon's not going to shift his entire offense for Deshaun Watson. That doesn't make any sense. Kevin Shannon prides himself on being a, a strategist, he prides himself on being the system type of guy. The system runs through him, not through a quarterback. Bill Belichick 2.0, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying. I, 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 don't, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to pay him that much. That's just all. And I understand that. I understand everything that you're saying. I'm not going against none of that because it's facts, what you're saying. What I'm saying is just bring these down. Start looking around. You know what I'm saying? Like, make it make sense in your head. You know what I'm saying? These are the things that happens in the NFL where people are just not paying attention or – they think less of some, I mean, of a team, like because they're not making as many moves. And next thing you know, they come out, they come out on top of the free agency or or draft uh, winners. So that's how I see this whole thing. It's been, it's a couple. Honestly, it's a couple teams that I've been uh, like been wondering why they're so quiet, but it could possibly be they're making actual moves. But who knows? We'll find out. It could be. Also, I want to flip this out there before I forget. I have a trade idea, and I think it's a really good trade idea. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Russell to, to New Orleans. No. Oh. Not a bad move, but yeah. Hear me out. Stephon Gilmore mm-hmm. is on his way out of New England. Yeah. I think we traded already by today. I, I, I'm surprised he's still on the roster. I think you probably brought in Jalen Mills to solidify your secondary before you said bye-bye to Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that he's going to be out of here out of New England before the offseason is over. How's this sound? Who says no? Stephon Gilmore for Odell Beckham Jr. Who says no in that trade? I'm hearing crickets because no one's saying no to that trade. Nobody. The Cleveland Browns are better without Odell Beckham Jr. It's in the numbers. It's in the stats and it's in the freaking win column. When Odell's out there, they force the ball to him and it makes the offense non-congruent and not, it doesn't flow well. With Jarvis Landry's the number one with a bunch of different weapons mixed in here and there, it works a lot better. Mm-hmm. Odell's been injured a lot the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore, on the other hand, has been injured only once in the last three years. He's also been an all-pro cornerback two of those three years. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Browns need a guy to mentor Denzel Ward. Outside John Johnson, they just brought in. You bring in Stephon Gilmore, have a great one-two punch man coverage uh, in Cleveland and solidifies you for your, your, your potential deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick's all about putting around weapons around Cam Newton right now or putting weapons around his future quarterback. What better weapon to bring around than Odell Beckham Jr.? Now your receiving core is looking like Odell Beckham Jr., Jonu Smith, Julian Edelman, uh, James White, if he resigns, that's a, that's a big if he resigns or anything, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Nikhil Harry, that's a pretty good start to an already building offseason. I think it can happen. I think it should happen. I think it should make sense for both teams. I think it's a no-brainer if it ends up being proposed. I'm sorry. Did did, did Cam Newton sign for more than one year? No. Oh, So how is he your future quarterback if he only signed for one year? No, Cam Newton. Here, here, here's here's my thing. 
I I I love Cam Newton as as an athlete, as uh, <clears throat> a, 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 a philanthropist with uh, some of his businesses that he has, um, a man, uh, an uplifting man in his community. I love everything about about Cam Newton, but that does absolutely nothing for the Patriots. Right now, they gave him his $14 million. I think that's just because Bill Belichick just likes this guy so much and wants to see him succeed. Here, we'll give you $14 million for one year. But this is one year. I feel like this is, this is, this is Bill Belichick just bridging the gap until they're, until they're able to pick up on another quarterback that's coming out of the draft or who's going to be available in the coming years for him to be able to snag one of them up. One person that I would, I, I could definitely see going to uh, the Patriots, which I will, I will kind of be on the fence about it, but it would make sense if, you know, if things would work out and, you know, it's his time to be able to come out, but Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers seems like that would be a great place for him to finish out the rest of his career and have a little bit more of a longevity on the team than Cam Newton, who's only getting a one-year deal here, one-year deal here, there. So to me, I personally feel like this is just something that's going to bridge the gap. Aaron Rodgers is a long shot. I just threw him in there, but it would make sense to see him go. Aaron Rodgers. Now, I've heard that rumor before, and I've seen, like, the, the different the player swaps and jersey swaps and everything. Like, I, I understand the allure. Because obviously he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Do I see it happening? I doubt it. I really do. I mean, Jordan Love's obviously not ready. His training camp was horrible. Preseason wasn't that good either. Uh, I don't see it happening. I think Rodgers is on a tear right now. MVP, obviously, last season. Showed no signs of slowing down. Uh, had obviously a little bit of trouble with the uh, GM and ownership a little bit this earlier this offseason with some of his dis, uh, discontent for their ability to put weapons around him. That's probably going to change. They invested already in Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones. We signed him as well before the start of free agency. And I'm sure they'll finally draft the receiver. I know we say it every year, and it never happens, but I'm hoping at least for once they actually draft the receiver to put around Aaron Rodgers and give a nice one-two punch for him in Devontae Adams. I'm hoping it's going to happen. I'm not sure it's going to happen. And it's far from a certainty if that's even a possibility. But I really do hope it finally happens for Aaron Rodgers' sanity sake. Also right. breaking news, Jameis Winston resigned. So now they have two quarterbacks on the payroll, $12 million max value on a one-year deal. So it's incentive-based, obviously, and I think he's definitely the star in New Orleans. People are going to be like, oh, well, Taysom Hill signed a $140 million contract. Fuck you, all right? Fuck you, buddy. Jameis Winston is the starter. Like, he's an actual quarterback. Taysom Hill's cute. Like, yeah, it's fine. He's a nice gadget guy. But, guys, get real. Jameis Winston was signed in New Orleans to be the heir apparent after Bridgewater left. That's how it works. That's how it should work. That's how it's going to work. You can even point to Drew Brees' last game. In the playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before he left the field, he's crying, talking to Jameis Winston, basically tapping on the shoulder and saying, it's your team now. This was going to happen from the get-go. If you didn't see this coming, you really aren't that bright. That's all I have to say about it. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I hear you. That was all true until Russell Wilson came into the picture. Now, Russell Wilson being out there looking for, you know, potential landing spots and uh, New Orleans being one of them, 
I could definitely see them getting rid of both of them. Like, hey, we, you know, we tried. We gave you a little something, but we tried. But you guys got to go. Uh, James Winston is just not a guy that I can see getting you over the hump. It's another one of those, like Cam Newton is, you know, just to bridge the gap. Hopefully, if we do, then, you know, if you do help us out and we get over the, you know, get over the hump and get into the playoffs and move up from there, then I could see, you know, some things happening. But as of right now, off of both of their plays, James Winston and Cam Newton, I can just see them as just great bridge gaps to uh, to another another more favorable player for them in the future. I think with Cam, you're 100% correct. I would disagree with James Winston. I, I think they're kind of grooming to be the next franchise guy. Might sound bad. Might sound bad, but I really do believe that. It's, it's a gut feeling. I have nothing to back that up on. Gut feeling telling me that they want James to be the solution long-term in New Orleans. It's just crazy how um, you can go and talk about other guys who just hasn't been ideal teammates or have had problems with coaching and stuff like that. And coming from a guy like James Winston, who is who has had trouble even before he gets to the NFL. And now that he's, you know, with the New Orleans Saints, he's just going to be this great guy. I just don't, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. To each their own, I think there's probably, there's, there's reason to doubt whether or not he can be that guy long-term. Yeah. Of course there are. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I kind of believe in the kid. I really do. Get that least oh, okay. I mean, guys. Like, I kind of believe him. I'm never, I'm never somebody who wants to go against somebody getting better. I'm never want to be that guy. I just, you know, just looking at things. Yeah, fair enough. All right, next signing. Very important one. Joe Thune, talked about it a little bit earlier, goes to the Kansas City Chiefs after they cut both their starting tackles who both did not participate in the Super Bowl. Great move. Bottom line, great move. Anytime you, you, you move to invest in your most prized asset, that's a W in my book. And Thune was the best lineman on the market, in my opinion. Bias from a New England fan, I know, but I think overall in a lot of NFL circles, he's very respected as a very reliable option at that guard position. So good on you, Chiefs, for protecting your number one asset. You learned your lesson pretty hard uh, handily in the Super Bowl by not protecting him. So I'm glad you actually took steps to fix that and, 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 rec- and reconcile your relationship with your quarterback's health. Because that's what pretty much you did just now. Absolutely. They still need they still need a whole new line, but this is a great start for sure. Definitely. Breaking news. Luigi killed my phone. Carl Lawson. Cincinnati Bengal has signed with the New York Jets, three-year, 45 mil, 30 million of which is guaranteed. Also a great move. Need to invest in that pass rush, very lackluster last year. I can't name a single person on their front four. I can't. Not a single person. Actually, no, I can. I can. Um, What's that kid? No, I don't want to on the Giants. Um, Who was that kid that was drafted? The defensive tackle, third overall. He, he blessed himself in his, in his interview with Adam oh, Howard. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, is that the um... – Quinny Williams? Quinny Williams. Quinny Williams. Yeah. I can't yeah, name yeah. one. That's silly of. dude. Yeah, he's funny as hell. Anyway, when you can't recognize a single name when you're a defensive front four, you need some help. And Carlos is a good name to get that started. So good move, Jets. I like that a lot. Absolutely. So There must be something going on uh, over there with the Jets that we don't know nothing about. It could be. And I'm hearing from a lot of teams that teams have been aggressive, like the Patriots aren't quite done yet in the offseason. They're still looking to make more moves and more aggressive moves 
as mm-hmm. the, you know, the temporary period moves on here. So I'm excited. It's an mm-hmm. exciting start to the offseason. I love free agency every year. It's like Christmas to me. Waking up to see all these notifications on my phone. Like, oh my God, this guy went there. This guy went there. Change of scenery oh, is always exciting goodness. for different players. So I'm, I'm intrigued and excited by all these moves. And I cannot wait to see them actually suit up for their teams in 2021. Right. Uh, also, before we forget, because we didn't have an episode last week, Dak Prescott got fucking paid. He got paid. He made a lot of money last week. Big bucks. Yeah, big bucks. Four-year, $160 million. Not quite the Mahomes contract he was wanting, but still a good value for a good quarterback. I'm happy for him. I'm actually satisfied with the Cowboys organization for the first time in a long time for locking up your franchise leader, essentially. Zeke was not good last year. Did not play well with a, with a kind of a banged-up offensive line. It was no quarterback help. And he at the helm. To bring Dak back, I guarantee you would enhance Zeke's performance next season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely happy for him. Uh, still think he was still a bit overpaid, but nonetheless, I'm glad you got it. I'm glad. Uh, we've been sitting up here, uh, you know, hoping and praying that Dak gets this contract and, you know, he finally gets it, which I, I mean, you know, I know that you have to aim high to, uh, you know, to get what you want, but I, I, I hope he wasn't thinking that he was going to get anything close to uh, Patrick Mahomes just off of, you know, your record and how things have been transpiring in, in, in his career. But none, like I said, nonetheless, I think it's great. Now, as far as uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I feel like, yeah, this is, this is a time for him to, um, I mean, not only for him to uh, get better, but there's going to be a little extra added pressure on there because now, as good as a, as good of a, a person that uh, Dak is on the field, he's just as good off the field. He's a very likable guy. He has people on his side that helps him propel him into the future, which where he is now with getting this new contract. So a lot of people are probably not going to be so quick to jump the gun on Dak as they would for somebody else who's just not performing well uh in this season and I think that would be Ezekiel Elliott I mean last year he had a problem with fumbling and you know he was averaging three yards a carry so you know paying somebody as much money as he as as he got over 70 million you will want to see that go up uh tremendously back to his hall of fame uh his his hall of fame road um so yeah I think this year is going to be a definite challenge for him but uh hopefully he he's up for the challenges this offseason I think we're agreed. Uh, intern Kev, any thoughts on free agency today? I'm very excited that Patriots made some moves. Uh, not too excited about Nelson Aguilar because, you know, brick hands. But uh, like tight end move, like the defensive moves. Uh, that, that's pretty much it for that. Kev, what, 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 what do you think about the 49ers' chances of getting D-Watt? I think they're very low. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, man, I, I, I can just count on both of you guys. You can dream. On that Patriot line. Just, just the Patriots, everybody in, 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 in the 49ers, we ain't getting nobody. We ain't getting nobody. I did think it was very low chance that we were signing Cam Newton back, and we did, so maybe you do get yourself to Sean Watson. You know? You, you know what, Chris? Know. Shoot for the move or aim for the start. If, if, they're having, if, they're trying, if they're trying to have uh, uh, in-division trades with, with Odell Beckham, why wouldn't, why wouldn't we do that with uh, – uh, uh, with Russell Wilson. Who knows? 
Who knows, yeah. man? You never know. Well, I know for a fact you wouldn't because it's the same division, but I mean, like, it's okay. It's okay. Chris, any final thoughts on day one of free agency? No, I mean, I, it was an exciting time. Like I said, 49ers, we got 30 million on uh, free cap space. So if anybody is listening to this, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> come out here, man, and we'll, help, we'll hook you up. My thought uh, $70 million is a lot of money. We burned through that quickly, quickly yeah. uh, today, signing six to seven people. Uh, but it was worth it, though. That remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. We signed a lot of guys that I do like, a lot of guys I don't like, a lot of contracts I didn't love, but with the players I did like. So it's going to be a combination of both, whether or not we'll see we overpaid some people. I think we probably did, but that's the nature of free agency. You end up overpaying for, for below average talent, and that, that's what ended up happening. So hoping I'm wrong on some of these guys I talked about, like Aguilar and Bourne and everybody, but we'll have to wait and see. Kevin, any final thoughts? I'm curious. Do you think that we do anything in the draft for a quarterback? <laughs> see, <laughs> this is a big, big question that's circulating around right now, and you're sitting at 15 – Zach Wilson is gone. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence gone number one. Justin Fields probably gone as well. They're probably all gone in the top six, top seven. You got Mac Jones floating around the bottom top ten, maybe sliding down to the, the, the mid-teens there. And Trey Lance, who I think is very intriguing as well. At 15, you don't have a lot of options unless you want to trade up. I don't see him trading up. Patriots never trade up. It's not who they are. That's who they are as an organization. But if he's there at 15 – I would not be shocked if Trey Lance becomes a New England Patriot. He's the same archetype as Cam Newton. He really is. They, they play the same, same exact style of football. So what better way to bring Trey Lance into the NFL by, by you know, having a mentor like Cam Newton, who is an MVP, Super Bowl you know, champion type uh, quarterback, or not Super Bowl champion, but Super Bowl appearance champion um, and everything. And so, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for Cam to, to mentor Trey Lance. They have similar play styles. And obviously, Cam has been a big Bill Belichick guy in terms of the Patriot way. Give Trey Lance the ropes a little bit, show him how it's done, how to be a professional, and how to you know deal with a Belichick. Um, I think it'd be a, a definite move we could see happening. I think it's likely. I don't really know. It's tough to gouge right now, so far outside the draft with no combine, but we'll have to wait and see. Stop it, man! This is episode twenty-five now in the books. I want to thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week.